Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. One of the interesting parts of the combine is it's an opportunity to hear from coaches and GMs what they're thinking about. We're oftentimes going to get a lot of fluff, but with that, we do pull out some interesting nuggets. So Joshua, you wrote a story on the Finsider for Wednesday that simply put, after listening to Mike McDaniel talk to the media at the combine, sounds like Tua's going to get the bag, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, we've come on here and I think even I have been sitting here saying, you know, um, I want to weigh out one way or the other. You know, I want to see him win these big time games in late December and early January. But let's be honest, it doesn't matter what we want. Right. When you look around the NFL, we saw Daniel Jones get paid big time money. You see it year after year, these quarterbacks um, that at least from an outside perspective, I would say Tua Tagovailoa is better than, you know, getting that bag. So um, I guess my biggest thing is a lot of people want him at this price or that price or or this thing and that thing. And I was just coming to the realization that, um, you know, whether it was what Chris, Chris Greer said or whether it was what Mike McDaniel said, you know, about um, that we're working towards this deal. One way or the other, whether we like it or not, Tua Tagovailoa is going to get that big contract. He's going to be the Dolphins quarterback for the foreseeable future. And I think the biggest thing we have to remember is I think that then ties, if it's not already happened, right? Right? It then ties Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, and two of below together. And, um, you know, they're going to ride or die together. Swing, sink or swim is what I put. So um, I think Spotrack is 50.4 million as the estimated number. Six years, 320 million or 302 million. I mean, you hear those numbers out loud. And I, I mean, it ain't my money, but I'm still feeling a little bit queasy thinking. And that's coming from a guy that absolutely loves two of them. I love 4,624 yards led the league last year. Um, you know why he's going to get paid, but. Some people are just going to have to eat it. They're just going to have to live and die by it. 32 and 19 as a starter. So, um, yeah, Jake, I came to the realization throughout that presser, even before that, that like it or not, Dolphins are going to sign Tua Tagovailoa to a huge contract. And a lot of Dolphins Twitter, they're going to be crying, man. Let's be honest. Do you think, like, I've been thinking a lot about the concept of, like, a, a quarterback and a um, coach tied at the hip. Um, I, I instantly went to a situation where it kind of feels like that in Jacksonville with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. But but I kind of feel like, you know, it, it, it would reach a point where they'd say, all right, get get out of here, Doug. We're going to find someone else for Trevor. Um, but you, you do feel that way about McDaniel and Tua because, I mean, it's been a, a great story to hear about how McDaniel relates with Tua, how the two talk with each other, how they've grown together. And McDaniel makes excellent points about how every offseason Tua has one thing that he's, you know, really focused on improving. And every year he has come back better. And we can go back and see so many stats about how quarterbacks, their first win came when they were 27, you know, different things like that. They're winning Super Bowls in their 30s. That patience would be great, but I still wish there were a couple more games where Tua was just, like, kicking and screaming. I'm not saying to be Patrick Mahomes, just that, like, inevitability of just, like, we cannot give him any more time. He had some of those, especially against the Chargers. But late in the season when the Dolphins struggled, you were kind of just hoping for that one final reminder instead of having, like, this uh, entire just uh, winter of just sorrow after the way the season ended. But, but Josh, I guess this is me kind of digesting my thoughts here, but do you think that McDaniel and Tua are officially tied at the hip in that sense? Or do you think that McDaniels might've been someone, has he proven enough that maybe he should have a little bit of leeway? I mean, I, w- I won't see why he hasn't proven that because I mean, you've gone to the playoffs, what back to back, but at some point you need to get over that hump. I mean, I guess I see it as this, right? The, the whole contract situation with the dolphins at some point, we're going to need to completely nuke this thing and start over fresh. Right. So, 
Um, for me, I, I do think they're tied at the hip at this point, and um, I'm interested to see the way it goes. I'm, I'm intrigued to see if they can um, do what we have expected them to do for so many years. So I won't say they're necessarily like 100% tied at the hip, but I think when you come in here, build an entire offense around this guy, say that this is what you know what I can get of him, um, our window's now. So, yeah, I do think they're tied at the hip. Kat, would you say you're following in Josh's footsteps here that uh, McDaniel and uh, Tua are quote-unquote officially tied at the hip, especially if this extension comes to be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you have to be because – and it's not to say that dollars and cents-wise it's the right move long-term, but, you know, just projecting out five years, you know, if you take a look at the AFC, all right, in five years, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow – um, and Lamar Jackson are all going to be 32, you know? So my question becomes, okay, let's say the Dolphins extend contracts and basically go for broke over the next two years and then are screwed for the two after that. Mm -hmm. Is that the worst thing in the world? I mean, <laughs> is if from a risk reward standpoint, aren't you going to be in the same spot in five years if you don't do that? So that's, that's where it becomes interesting. Usually I, I consider myself very salary cap conscious, but in this type of situation, I mean, I, I feel like if the Dolphins are cap conscious, they're going to be in the same spot in five years. And the Dolphins, this, this year is very unique because there was the uh, unscripted salary cap bump where an extra $15 million were added. The way the NFL is going, would you really be surprised in three years if there's just all of a sudden another burst like that, where it's all of a sudden you get an extra $10, $15 million again, where you could kind of sit there and reflectively happy with the contract based on just how much the cap, the salary cap has gone up over recent years? Yeah, that might happen. I mean, uh, you know, I think with the, how the how much money the NFL has made, that's enabled them to, you know, have the amount of money that they have. So. I don't think you can expect on that bump, but Chris Greer has been around the league for a while. His, you know, his father was Bobby Greer, who was a, you know, front office guy with, with new England. So his family's been in the NFL for 30, 40 years. You know, you, you've got to think that he had an insight that, Hey, look, we can take this risk and push some money off into the future. And you have to ask yourself in this type of year, are you going to pull together every dollar that you have over the next year or two? And and put it toward this year and next year. And if it doesn't work, you rebuild from that point. Josh, uh, Chris Greer has been along for, around for so long where it's super easy to take a highlighter and mark off every ridiculous thing he's done. But how do you feel he's equipped for a situation like this? The Dolphins, you know, we've said it so many times, man. They're $30 million over the salary cap. They have, I guess, uh, 44 players under roster, the most in the entire league nobody's going to know this unit, this franchise better than someone who's been there for like 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say I have full faith in him or trust in him, but I don't know who I would. Right. I joked on Aponte, but that's just all jokes. I mean, this is a situation that Chris Greer knew was going to come about. I mean, I heard Brian cat. I heard cat when I was walking away, you know, sitting here saying, is it a bad thing if you sit here and kind of max out all your you know resources and opportunities over these next few years? And I don't think it is, you know, all the time I joke that, um, you know, our days are numbered and I joke about that, but I just want to see this team win a Super Bowl. So if that's what it takes, if it takes, you know, laying out every resource we have and, and max, get out i'm all for that but um my faith in chris greer is probably at about uh 
six, I was gonna say a six or seven. So can I just say 6.9? I have to say 6.9, right? So um, it's somewhere in there that I, I kind of feel like he can do it, but there's still that queasiness that says that's a tall task that he has to figure out. And let's be honest, man, that entire offensive line needs to be built. I, I'm not gonna go through it again, but yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. McDaniel also spoke at the combine about the fallout with Vic Fangio. He said, I'd be lying if I said I expected that during the season. I think it's important when the season ends for you to remove emotion and evaluate. Uh, He went on to say, Vic and I had extensive conversations that were healthy. Mutually, we decided that it was best to go separate ways. Cat, nothing super surprising there, but do you feel we've learned anything about this Vic Fangio-Mike McDaniel relationship in recent months? Because I don't think it was like a hostile work environment during the season or anything along those lines. No, I don't get that feeling either, but I pay more attention to the Dolphins' best defensive player, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, look, and it's not to say the players should run the show, but this is one of the best defensive backs over the last, you know, 10 years. And when he says that he was played incorrectly or he'll never forgive Vic Fangio for what he did, I mean, look, you can you can pick a side on that. And both guys could have their own point of view, but – um, look, if your best defensive player is not happy when he's been a six time pro bowler in the six, in the six years before he came here, that matters. So, and I, I, I'm, I'm happy with their selection of Anthony Weaver as defensive quarter. Cause I think he's a little bit more scheme versatile than I think Vic Fangio was willing to be. It's just a shame that a guy like Vic Fangio, you know, you have all, all these accolades and, you know, all these years of experience can't come in and see, you know, that Jalen Ramsey's that important. He's that guy. I mean, it almost seems like he was just stubborn to the point where, you know, um, all these cornerbacks are equal and I'm not going to take this guy's, you know, opinion over others. I mean, for me, I go back to that whole star position thing and just hearing how they kind of built almost a solar system around them. Like, that's what you want your defensive coordinator to do. Build a solar system around your star players and, um, I'm intrigued to see what Anthony Weaver is going to do. And I think Mike McDaniel is too. I mean, I think last time he wanted that big name, you know, that guy that he had experience with, um, that head coach from the defensive side of the ball this time, I think he was going out there and looking for someone um, that kind of felt the same way and had the same beliefs and was looking at the game from a similar scope. Cause um, I don't know that that was Fangio as much as um, at before last season, I may have thought. The one final thing McDaniel spoke about while at the combine, he was discussing the, decision to bring back Danny Crossman. Uh, He said that results are important and results aren't where they want them to be. There are also uh, wise and he's the guy that's going to go and fix it and bring it to the standard. Uh, Danny Crossman, before he arrived in Miami with Brian Flores, he was actually the special teams uh, coordinator for the Buffalo Bills as well. He's 57 years old. He's someone who's been around the league for so long. However, Kat, how do you feel about uh, keeping Danny Crossman around? Uh, I preferred that he would have been fired and uh, a shame on Brian Flores in 2019 a for not keeping him as special teams um, coordinator. And I don't know if, if uh, him being assistant head coach was part of that conversation, but right, right now he's special teams coach with the saints and doing a great job and slash head assistant head coach. I wish that would have happened with the dolphins. We never had a complaint about special teams for 10 years. And now over the last two years, there have been 19 punt and kick returns for touchdowns in the NFL. And four of them have been by, by the Dolphins. So I don't take any stock into what Mike McDaniel says. Special teams isn't working well enough. Is it to blame for the team? Not necessarily, but 
that doesn't mean, I mean, bad is bad. So yeah, I, I, I wish he would have been fired. Yeah, I, th- I was going to say, I kind of feel like a cat trying to bring up a hairball, right? That's kind of what I think when I hear of uh, Danny Crossman at this point. I wish he would be replaced. I'm not going to sit here and say that we're special teams gurus. I know I'm not, but um, eat Jake Bale into the sun as well. But I, I thought there would be a change there. Um, intrigued that he stuck around through all these different regimes and wondering what he has on Mike McDaniel, what he's telling Mike McDaniel that has kept him around. Because like Cat said, you know, that outside Jason Sanders getting that money sign back, uh, that special teams unit has been very sad even you know when you look at the return game as far as Braxton Barrios and things like that so definitely thought there'd be an upgrade there this offseason Aaron Schatz the founder of DVOA we had him on the podcast during the season he brought up that the Dolphins were ranked 31st in special teams and he wrote an article for ESPN recently one maybe tough salary cut for each franchise what would you guys' idea be about or opinion I should say letting Jason Sanders walk to save some money. We were talking about it earlier with Jeff Wilson about how he only has a 1.5% of the cap hit, but you still want to get rid of someone like him. Jason Sanders is the only reason the Dolphins beat a team with a winning record this year. He was absolutely stellar in that Cowboys game. Um, but at the same time, with the questions the Miami Dolphins have with the salary cap, is keeping a you know a kicker making four-plus million dollars the best idea? Uh, you know, Sanders is – it should be straightforward with a kicker because either he's, he's good or he's bad. Jason Sanders at his best is an all pro. And we saw that uh, against the Cowboys and a few games here this past year, but his bad is really, really bad. And at the end of the day, 50 plus yard field goals, he's been terrible on over the last, if you take the totality of the last three years. So um, if I had to make a choice, I I'd say probably cut him, but I, I've seen his best and his best is one of the best in the league. So I could go either way on that. Yeah. Recency bias. I got that money sign thinking in my head, you know, he's kind of what helped us clinch it, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a previous pod that we did Jake where we sitting there talking about different cap cuts. And I think Jason Sanders was one of those guys where we said you could fill that production or at least find a kicker elsewhere. I mean, some of the great college kickers, I mean, uh, some of those guys even go undrafted at this point. And there's always a veteran, you know, signing into plug and play here and there. So, um, again, like what Jason Sanders brings there, especially based on that last season, but you're saving $4 million with the cap situation we're in. I think you can use that money elsewhere. Do it now, Miami. Miami.